The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan, and it's great that you could join me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You're going to learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman, of course. Well, first up, I was reading a little bit in my PR week just this past week and noticed a study from She Speaks. Now, as you know, we're huge fans of She Speaks here at Purse Strings. In fact, she speaks as an operator of consumer influencer communities, and founder and CEO Aliza Freud is a frequent guest right here on Purse Strings. Well, Aliza and her team fielded the study for the second year in a row and found that more than 85% of women online have a profile on a social network, and that's up nearly 50% from a year ago, people. Nearly 50%. That's amazing. All age groups saw a rise in usage with 70% of women over the age of 50 50 using social media. Again, that's up by huge numbers, by 31% year over year. And 95% under 30 use social media. That's awfully close to 100% of women, you guys. The increase is startling, a full 86% more than year over year, according to the She Speaks study. So if you ever doubted the power of social networks, definitely do not underestimate it now. seems like every woman and her sister is online in huge, huge numbers. In fact, 55% of women now check their social networking profiles multiple times a day. So a word up to you employers out there. Well, today we're talking about alpha moms, the demographics on these women, nearly 1.6 million of them, average age 39. They're college graduates, employed full-time with a median household income over over $120,000. They keep up with fashion. They are very, very, very influential trendsetters. They're confident, they embrace their individualism, and they consider themselves to be ambitious and motivated. They live in the moment, take advantage of life, and desire for things that are new. They like change, and they really value quality. At retail, they're shopping Neiman Marcus, Ikea, Williams-Sonoma, Bloomingdale's. They're driving Volvo, BMW, Jeep, and Volkswagen. And um, they're buying uh, Bobby Brown, Merle Norman, Vera Wang, Christian Dior, and Prada. When it comes to media choices, they're reading a lot of magazine, and they're online a lot. They're reading Child Wired, uh, First for Women, Vogue, Oprah, and W. They're watching CNN, TLC, HGTV, E, and Style Network. And they're online watching, um, checking out CNN.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, eBay, Travelocity, and Netflix. Well, my guest for the day certainly knows a lot about women. In fact, it's the focus of his brand-new book, 
My guest for today is Michael Silverstein, Senior Partner at Boston Consulting Group. BCG is a global management consulting firm and the world's leading advisor on business strategy. They partner with clients in all sectors and regions to identify their highest value opportunities in addressing their critical challenges. Michael is quite the author. In fact, you may have read some of his previous books, which include Trading Up, the new American luxury, and as I mentioned, he has a brand new book out that's generating a ton of excitement. It's called Women Want More, How to Capture Your Share of the World's Largest, Fastest Growing Market. Stick around. More from Michael when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Are you tired of standing around while everyone gets rich? Want to be an affiliate marketer that makes six figures online every month? Then let me introduce you to MediaBuyersCoach.com. MediaBuyersCoach.com, recently launched by Carl Fiorentino and Will Hamrell, will give you the tools and the knowledge that will make you money. They've been training affiliates for over five years now and are experts in their field. If you haven't been approved by a CPA network, then get approved through our own CPA network. If you're new to affiliate marketing or want to expand into other areas, let Carl and Will at MediaBuyersCoach.com give you the tools to begin and the knowledge to succeed. Sign up and start making money today at MediaBuyersCoach.com. That's MediaBuyersCoach.com. LPO, landing page optimization, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Michael Silverstein, Senior Partner at Boston Consulting Group and a prolific author. In fact, you may have read some of his previous books, which include Trading Up, The New American Luxury. And now Michael has a new book out that's generating a lot of buzz. It's called Women Want More, How to Capture Your Share of the World's Largest, Fastest Growing Market. Michael, welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, uh, congratulations on your new book. It certainly is getting a lot of write-up. I read a lot of reviews on it, all of it really positive. And, um, in fact, uh, your Trading Up, the New American Luxury book, was actually one of our agency's book club selections. It was a really, really interesting read. And uh, before we get into the details of the newest book that you've just put out, tell everybody about the Boston Consulting Group. Well, the Boston Consulting Group is a global consulting firm with 6,000 employees, 63 offices, 47 countries. And when I joined, we had three offices. 
Wow. So we've grown Huge quite a lot. Growth. And we help major companies improve their market position, gain insight into their markets, their consumers, gain com- competitive advantage. Now, do you think your books had anything at all to do with that growth, Michael? <laughs> Uh, well, I've been at BCG since 1980, and so I think I've had something to do with the growth. You know, mo- most <laughs> most of it have. is other people. <laughs> well, your books certainly are insightful, and you and it certainly you know what you're talking about. That's for sure. I'm sure it has had a lot to do with the, with the boom in business there at at BCC. And in fact, your new book, uh, which you co-authored with Kate Sayer, is based on the results of a survey of more than 12,000 women in 22 countries. Am I right? Yes, we've actually expanded the survey since we published the book. My hope is that this is going to be an annual survey. We're going to talk to women deeply, completely, and forthrightfully and bring forward their story over time. But we're now at 20,000 women worldwide, and we're at probably 25 countries with a statistical sample. And I dare say this is the largest single study uh, female purchase behavior and female hopes, dreams, and wishes ever. Wow. It, well, it's a fascinating read, and I'm glad that you're continuing to grow it because I think it will be interesting to see, especially over 2010, maybe how some of those perceptions, hopes, and dreams might might change a little bit as hopefully the economy gets a little bit better. Um, I'm curious why you decided to tackle this particular topic and from a global perspective as, as, as opposed to, say, just based on the United States. Well, I think this book is a natural sequence from the 2003 book, Trading Up, which was about premium goods, the 2006 book, which was Treasure Hunt, which was about bargain goods, and then this book is oriented towards really understanding for the 75% of goods that women buy, what do they want, what do they hope for, what do they dream about, and so it's continued research, and I would categorize this one as the most complete and most thorough. Yeah, and you you mentioned before you kind of are looking at a woman from a 360 viewpoint, you know, among her many, many, many topics, her hopes, her dreams, her fears, her relationships, her incomes, you know, basic demographic information, of course, and then, um, and shopping, which, as you said, kind of has spanned the other two books. Which of those areas really provided the richest data? And that might be difficult to to answer, I I understand. Let me start by answering the question by summarizing the book. So worldwide, women control 64% of total household spending. They have the highest influence on spending, of course, in the developed world. In the United States, that number is 72%. And the key finding in the book is that over the next five years, women will add $5 trillion to the global economy. So some people are shaking their head and saying, will the world ever be prosperous again? And my answer to that is absolutely. Women are driving force for prosperity. There are now, there are going to be over the next five years, 200 million additional women worldwide working, and they will contribute five trillion to the global economy, bigger than Obama's bailout package, bigger than the bailout package in Germany, France, UK, China, bigger than the growth in the economies of China and India. A really startling and powerful force of prosperity. And do you think that um, women are feeling empowered to spend that money, or do you feel like that um, they're going to be a little bit more choosy about where they spend their money? And especially with the economy being what it is, will they be saving more of that money? 
Well, women control the purse strings in the developing world. So in an American household, she decides what they're going to spend money on, what they're going to save money on. Uh, part of what happened over the last two years is that she decided that they needed to increase their savings rate. And so she looked at the family budget and she said, we're not saving enough. And she immediately put the brakes on spending. She cut discretionary spend by 25%. She cut back on food, on dining out, on apparel, on vacations. And she said, we're going to save some money. And it wasn't because she became unemployed. In this most recent recession, 85% of the change in unemployment was men getting fired. So she continued to have income. She continued to control the budget. She just determined that it was imprudent not to have a higher level of savings. And this is not opinion. This is not feelings. This is what women told us. This is the survey results. Do you feel like that women are going to start releasing those purse strings a little bit more in 2010? Are they giving you that indication as you continue to field the study? Well, what's very interesting is that if you look at the results and what people are, uh, what women are saying over time, they are becoming more optimistic. They are going back to the view that, you know, the world is not going to collapse. We've made it through this. I have my job. We have our savings. We can afford to let go just a little bit. And remember that she's working full-time at home and full-time at the job, and that means that she is struggling with constraints more about time than about money. Exactly, and in fact, we all know women, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking from personal experience here, that we tend to put ourselves last, and that seemed to be really the pervasive message that came out of your study, too, that, um, that she is putting herself last. How is that impacting her response to brands? Well, she uses brands to save herself time. By buying a brand, she knows that she's going to get a reliable product, and she knows she's going to have it consistent from purchase to purchase. She is putting herself last except that every once in a while she says to herself, I've had enough, I need something for me. And she will go out and she'll go to a spa, she'll have a massage, she'll have a facial, she'll have a pedicure, she'll buy herself a new outfit. Instead of slaving at home to cook Sunday dinner, she'll tell everybody, let's get in the car, we're going out for dinner. And do you feel like, um, you know, you talked about those reliable brands that are going to save her time. Do you think that there's a hesitancy then to try new brands, or do you think that some brands have a chance of actually getting her dollar if they do a really, really exceptional, exceptional job at selling in kind of um, why they're worth her time and effort? Well, here's what women tell us. They tell us that brands that they have experienced personally and that they have enjoyed are brands that they're loyal to. They look and hear a lot of claims. They watch television. They search the Internet. They talk to their friends. And they've been burned a lot, burned a lot with false claims, technical, functional, emotional claims that prove not to be so. And so it's not that they're reluctant to try new brands. What they are is they're prudent. And they're waiting for their friends to put their arms around them and say, you ought to try this. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's so it some requires new marketing out- models? Yeah. I'm well, sorry. we know word of mouth, as you as you mentioned, can be a huge uh, reason to try something um, because other women have tried it and it's proven for them, proven to work for them. So that the risk is a lot less that way. Do you do you think that there are some brands that are doing an exceptionally good job of connecting with her, especially when there's fewer fewer dollars to throw their way? 
Yes, there are some companies in particular that have really mastered the research part of the equation. The single best company out there is Procter & Gamble, and Procter & Gamble has used a level of research and a level of category knowledge to really understand dissatisfactions and to get underneath them. They also invent an adjacent space, meaning that they find new markets. A great example is Swiffer. Swiffer came out of Japan. It was owned by Procter & Gamble's key competitor, Unicharm, in Japan. Unicharm had no distribution in the United States. P&G went to Unicharm and said, we can get you distribution. They introduced the electrostatic cleaning cloth just at the time when hard floors were taken off in the United States and people were going against carpet. And Swiffer has been a billion-dollar success. It's about understanding consumer need. And in this case, it's not about heart cleaning. It's about delegated clean. So if you have young children, what mothers often say to young children is, who wants to swift? <laughs> That's exactly right. I try to get my nine-year-old to do that. <laughs> sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work so great. Um, you you have a variety of kind of, um, of archetypes in your book that, that you kind of bring women through. You know, I think um, a lot of us, um, if, if you go and you pick up your book, you know, you could probably pick, ourselves out, you know, or or our friends out among those. Um, Could you quickly run through those and explain which ones are are probably the most common, commonly found in the United States? Yes. So the way this is true across the United States and other parts of the developing world. So what we have done is we have looked at life stages. So single, married without kids, married with kids, empty nesters, and divorced. And then we've looked at income. Lower and middle income, middle income, and upper and upper middle income. And then we've tried to take the population of women participating in the survey and put them into boxes. And so, for example, upper income, young, married with kids, married without kids, are what we call a fast tracker. And the fast tracker really, it has nothing to do with where she starts. It has to do with a click in her head sometime in high school generally, where she says, I don't belong here. I can do better. And she applies herself academically, athletically. She goes to college. She gets a good job. If she's lucky, she meets a handsome, loving, intelligent, and high-income husband, and they create a happy family. And that fast tracker has a disproportionately high share of income and, in fact, has a tremendous amount of ambition. You see them in all the upper-middle-class suburbs, and they spend a lot of money, and they're willing to trade that money in for time. So if you can provide them with a time-based solution, they will be your friend for life. The second segment that's really interesting is the married with kids, middle income predominantly. We call that the pressure cooker. And everybody knows pressure cookers. She's working in a middle-middle management job, potentially administrative job, she makes fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. She has two kids at home, and she doesn't have any time for herself. She can't afford to hire a housekeeper. She can't afford to hire somebody to really watch the kids. So she does everything: full time at job, full time at home, and typically, I wouldn't call him a lazy husband, but I would say a husband who doesn't participate fully in household chores. Those two segments are really important. Then there are then there's a segment called making ends meet. And this is a woman typically living by herself. Uh, she earns disproportionately low income, 
but she's looking for things that will help her in her life. And she's a very interesting segment because she has cash to spend. She doesn't have a lot of people that are courting her, and so that, in fact, if you reach out to her as a marketer, you can make her a friend for life. Dollar General, Family family Dollar, these are stores that really serve her very, very well. Then there's the Fulfilled Empty Nester, and this is older, uh, ages 45, 50 to 90, middle-income household, often married, has disproportionately high income, spends a ton of money on food, a ton of money on gourmet groceries, a ton of money on travel. And, in fact, it's a very interesting segment for marketers and often ignored. The advertising agencies say don't spend any money targeting over 50s. You can get them by targeting 40, and that's not true. Then we have relationship-focused, which is young, single, moderate income, and you know she her population is equal to her income. She's interesting because at times she's living at home, and she's living at home with her parents. A hundred percent of the, of her income is spent. And then the last one is the managing on her own, who is an upper income widow, lots of assets. Lots of assets and particularly interesting to financial services companies. Mm-hmm. So clearly there's some women with some, with some income. They're all having to buy goods, goods and services, but they um, in some cases have very different um, lifestyles, as you said. And I would the imagine The most important element of the segmentation is that companies under market and that they – focus on general population. They don't look at a segment need, and they don't try to create a custom solution. And what they don't try to do is really respond to dissatisfactions. So needs for time, money, and love are common across all segments. But exactly how you twist the product, how you twist the service offering, varies by segment. And I would imagine that uh, women outside of the United States have um, a little bit different perspective, and I want to talk about that when we come back. Um, So more with Michael Silverstein when we come back in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Her Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need an average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today Charles, with localpages.com. Come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from RevenueWire. 
Thank you. Since I signed up with Revenue Wire, conversions have increased dramatically. Revenue Wire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, Pareto Logic, and Avonquest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth sales analytics and reporting tools, campaign optimization resources, and now weekly payments for top-performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher, thanks to RevenueWire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com. Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I'm joined today by Michael Silverstein, senior partner at Boston Consulting Group and an author of the brand new book, Women Want More, How to Capture Your Share of the World's Largest, Fastest Growing Market. And we've been talking today about uh, some of the results of the study that right now I think you said it was 20,000 women strong, um, 25 countries, um, and you were just giving a really good description of the varieties of women within the United States and how they're under-marketed to not by segment, um, and therefore companies are really um, leaving a lot of women probably frustrated and unfulfilled and, and not particularly brand loyal. And I was curious about women outside the United States, Michael. How are they different from those of us in the U.S.? Well, I think the most important thing is that there's a global female revolution happening. And in the United States, 57% of undergraduates are female, 59% of graduate school students are female, and those numbers are growing. So we have 10 years in which American women have started their march to be on top. If you go to Europe, the number is closer to 50% of enrollment and slightly lower incomes than their male counterparts. If you go into the developing world, it's just under 50%. And what you're seeing is a huge change where women are starting to flex their muscle, achieve economic equality, and think about themselves as earning units and powerful. And, you know, that's the shift. So we have sort of an S-curve with the United States, the lead market in terms of women power, female incomes, and female income growth. $800 billion of that $5 trillion of incremental female income is going to happen in the United States. The rest of that $4.2 trillion will be divided equally between the rest of the developed world and the developing world. So imagine what $2.1 trillion means in China and India and other developing economies. That's a huge amount of money. And it's about women taking charge and women achieving leadership positions. I know. In fact, I was going to call out China and India because we've seen companies really making inroads there. Do you think that um, there's certain brands that have already kind of uh, dug their heels in in China and India and you're starting to see really make some inroads there? Well, I think that when you ask women in China and India to describe their favorite brands, what really pops back to you is really, that's surprising is that they name brands like Adidas and Nike and Apple. So they're naming Western brands, and Western brands have a huge badge for young, 
educated, higher-income Chinese and Indian women. Now, you um, you can't talk to 20,000 women and not be a little bit surprised, I would imagine, by some of what they tell you. What was personally very surprising to you, Michael, um, as a result of the, of the study that you've been conducting? I would say that the most, most surprising part was the level of dissatisfaction in financial services, health care, and consumer durables. Women basically are angry at the way that they're treated in investments, in banking, in payment systems, in going to see doctors. They're angry that their questions don't get answered and they don't get taken seriously as consumers. I think that on other dimensions, I was surprised that approximately a third of women are really not fulfilled with their lives, feel like their lives are empty, and that uh, they're not in control. Hmm. That's kind of a gloomy picture. I mean, you know, as we well, think about... Well, I said about... a third, so that means that two-thirds are actually excited about their lives. <laughs> I guess that's the other way to look at it, right? Uh, glass half full, right, as opposed to glass half empty. But for those women who feel kind of um, disgruntled, dismayed, what is, it, what is it that's holding them back from being fulfilled and, and excited and happy? Well, one of the things that was also surprising finding is this thing that we call the V-curve of happiness. And the V-curve of happiness basically says that women come out of college, they come out with a lot of excitement and a lot of energy. They get that first big-time job. The job pays them pretty well. They have 100% of their time the way that they want to spend it. So they exercise, they socialize, they drink, they dance, they have fun. Then the second step in the V-curve of happiness, which is a downward step, is they meet a guy, and he says, let's get married, and they get married, and they lose 12 hours a week personally to take care of him. And after they've been married for a couple of years, he convinces her to have a baby. And then they have a baby one, and then baby two, and with two young children under five at home and working full-time, she's lost 22 hours a week. She doesn't have any time for herself. She doesn't have any time for physical fitness or exercise. Diet and nutrition go out the door, and that's the bottom of the V. And then life gets better. The kids learn how to dress themselves. They learn how to feed themselves, and the time starts to come back. And by the time she's 45 or 50, when the kids are a little bit older, maybe out of the house, then she's back where she was when she was single. So... You know, back on that last question, you know, the circumstances of her life are what determine how she's feeling. The big opportunity for marketing companies is to give her back time. And so to reduce the time that it takes to do a task, to give her back time and to help her get some leverage, and to give her personal services at reasonable value that allow her to stretch her budget and really take care of herself. Here, here. I'm all for that as a, as a working mom of two. I think that sounds great. And and I would imagine, though, that for the foreseeable future, say 2010, you know, we might see some companies actually be able to take advantage of that. But to your point, a lot of companies haven't even realized this is what women are searching for. What Do you think we're going to make any progress this year? So here's what we are telling our clients, and this is the major finding of the book. 
which is that in your business, in your category, there are four activities to achieving your rightful position in the female economy. The first step is to size the prize, understand how big is the female economy now, how fast is it growing, and what should you do. So it's recognize the opportunities and decide that you're going to take more than your fair share. The second step is to do really comprehensive research. Understand in the category that your business is what women's wants, needs, and hopes are. Explore, understand, most important, listen. Prioritize the key opportunities that come out of that research. Understand who it is that you want to talk to. The third step is respond. So develop a first wave of innovation. Don't think of it as the be-all and end-all. Don't think of it as time to end, but time to begin. Respond. Uh, Third is to refine, which is get out into the marketplace, learn whether or not your first wave of activity is successful, improve, continuous track, continue to do the research. And if you do that, if you do that, you'll be the lead player in the female economy in your segment, and you will change the world. You will have women tell women, buy this and here's why. It sounds so simple when you say it, Michael. <laughs> well, but, uh, I, I think, the, that, I think it's a journey, and sure. I think that many co- it's a journey, and many companies haven't really begun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but one worth taking considering the prize at the end, right? Five trillion dollars. That's a lot Five of money. Five trillion dollars of new money and $12 trillion of existing money. Yeah, yeah. And money, money speaks very, very loudly in this day and age. And um, also, we need to wrap it up, but before we go, I do want to invite listeners to take the survey. They can still take the survey, correct? Absolutely. We welcome them to. And is it women, uh, womenspeakworldwide.com? Is that where they need to go? www.womenspeakworldwide.com. Takes 20 minutes, and participation in the research would be very appreciated. Fabulous. Well, congratulations on the book, the continuing information and data that you're collecting, and, and all the great work you're doing in the marketing to women space. And I wish you continued success there at BCC. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed well, talking to you. And um, I should say that's BCG. And for those of you who want to know more about the Boston Consulting Group, check out bcg.com. And you can also uh, go a little bit deeper into that site and check out more on the book, Women Want More. So bcg.com slash womenwantmore.com. And thank you to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me next week. I'll be joined by Dina Powell, founder of Chat, Chew, and Chocolate. We'll be talking about going after women with women-based companies. More on that next week right here at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, thanks so much for joining me today. Make it a great one. 